everybody. Welcome to the Edvolution Podcast, where we question what makes our life truly ours. I'm Shereen Jaffer, and I'm very excited to introduce you to some incredible people with fascinating stories. I've got Nabila Smile here with me. I came across her through... I don't actually know Nabil. I, I I feel like we came across from a variety of different places, but uh, what got me really excited about Nabila is I saw an Instagram post where she was talking about being a solo woman traveler, having traveled in over 30 countries. So uh, it's something that being a solo traveler is something that I've talked a lot about in the past. It's something that I encourage a lot of women and men and anyone really to uh, go down or explore. Um, but anyways, I'm super excited to have you, Nabila, here to share your story and your sh- journey with us. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I love a good opportunity to talk about travel because that is literally the only thing that gets me really excited. And especially during these current times, we can't really travel. So I like talking about it just to like remind me of all the good times I've had. I love that. And hopefully they'll inspire some good traveling for people once things, you know, settle down a little bit and it becomes more reasonable so. travel. <laughs> so where did where did this thirst for traveling really start for you? Uh, what sparked this interest? You know, I'm not really sure. I know like the one big moment, but I feel like there was a few uh, defining moments beforehand. I think one factor that was at play was just being like my family immigrated to the U.S. So my um, mom's side of the family are all in Pakistan. So I traveled quite a bit as a kid and I feel like it's just kind of carried on. Like I had been to Pakistan maybe like eight times before I turned like 12. So just going back and forth between two different places, I feel like probably played a factor. And then when I was in high school, I had a French student come live with me for two weeks, and then I went to go live with her for two weeks. What really kicked it off, and like when I caught the bug, I said, I guess, um, was probably my freshman year of college. Um, I bought a one way flight to Madrid, Spain um, during finals week of school, and I was going to go be a nanny. And I just bought this ticket. I really don't know what possessed me to do something during finals week. Like, I probably should have been paying attention to my finals. Um, But once that trip, that trip kind of just changed everything. I, yeah, I haven't stopped traveling since. That's incredible. I mean, I, so I'm Pakistani too, by the way. I didn't even realize that about you, which is now, okay. So now that we know we're both Pakistani, (laughs) I can totally resonate with the type of upbringing, probably. Um, I'm curious, like, why? So so it seems like your parents did encourage traveling growing up, and that was kind of part of your childhood. I don't know if they really encouraged it. I mean, going back to see family was one thing, and that was, like, their primary reason for, like, the travel. But this whole, like, French student thing, I think it was... I don't think they really know what they're signing me up for. <laughs> like, I don't really know. I've asked them about it afterwards. And they were like really upset when it came time to like pay for the trip. And they're like, are you sure you want to go? And I was like, yeah, I want to go. Like she stayed with us. Like I want to go see what her life's all about. And then they kind of just sent me, but I really still don't know. Cause none of my siblings got to do it afterwards. <laughs> but I also think since it was a school thing that it definitely carried a lot more weight. Like they have never supported me the same way afterwards. <laughs> Interesting. So yeah, you know, the reason why I was so intrigued by your story and so excited to share it is because I I I have so many conversations with my girlfriends who are from South Asian backgrounds that I don't think this is limited to just the South Asian culture. I think it's prevalent in other cultures as well. But you know, as a woman, it's it's a pretty big deal to just go travel alone. And growing up, you know, a lot of what I was um, made cautious of is, you know, don't go anywhere alone. And if you're going to go travel, make sure you have, you know, guy friends with you and, you know, other friends and, and only go to certain places. You can't go travel in all these different countries. I mean, there was a lot of stigma and a lot of fear. So I'm curious when you did catch that bug and you did start traveling and we'll talk a lot about, you know, a lot of the epiphanies you had along the way, but I'm, I'm really curious, how did your parents feel about it? And what type of, 
and not just your parents, but even maybe a community you're part of, relatives, anything like that. What are the opinions you heard when you started that travel journey? Okay, so I totally understand, and I have had, like fought this battle for a really long time. The reason why I started was because I was really unhappy at school and just felt like something had to give. Like I wasn't doing what I wanted to be doing. I had moved away to college, which was a big deal in itself because I think I was the first one in my family to even like go away to school. But I just had like a really rough year. And I don't know if I had was studying something maybe I wasn't passionate about. That's like what I have always thought that maybe it was just like I wasn't going down the path I wanted to. And so I wanted to learn Spanish. So I decided to go live with this family. And I think that's kind of how I entered the world of solo travel. Like I had this cushion where I was going to go live with this family. So I wasn't going to be completely alone. I was hopefully going to be with like a family who was going to take care of me and wasn't like a criminal or anything like that. Um, So that's kind of what started it all. And the backlash was pretty pretty intense because I don't know about you but a lot of my friends and anyone who really goes to college like the summers are used to like you either work you do your internships you go back home because like you haven't seen your family in that long and when I told my parents that I was going they were really shocked but I had paid for the flight myself and I basically was like if you don't want me to go like I need to be refunded because this is all the money I have. Like I use all my money. <laughs> so like if you can refund me like right now, like I guess I won't go. But I knew they weren't going to do that. So I I don't know where the sense of like courage came from me. I think it might have been like moving away to school. Like I had the worst like semester. I was so, so like miserable and I like, wanted to be home. Like I didn't like dorm food. I did not like my dorm. I missed my bed at home. And being able to do that kind of gave me the courage to go travel. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess I could go on about the backlash, but my mom got all sorts of texts and like, oh, where's Nabila? Like, why isn't she here? Like, why isn't she here for Ramzan? Like, it's Eid. Like, where is she? Well, what is she doing this summer? Is she preparing for like an internship? And my mom would text me all the time saying like, like, you should be here. I'm with this family. And they're asking, like, where you are. Or they're, like, taking a summer class. Like, their their kids are taking a summer class or doing this for school. And you're in another country, like, au pairing or nannying. So it was definitely hard. Um, I don't know if they still get it. But it was something I had to do. Once I came back, I think they maybe have seen, like, how, like, different I was once I got back from that trip. Like, it was life-changing. And I'm so, I'm so excited to talk about all the life-changing moments, but, you know, going back to the, the backlash. Yeah. I, I talked to so many of my friends that can't find the courage to just take that leap and to bet on themselves and their interests and, you know, go book that ticket. Right. And we'll talk about finances and whatnot, but I have found that the ones that have, and I personally did this as well. I think the first time I did it was when I was 19. So, you know, I'm happy to share that as well. But I've seen that once people do, and then they come back, their parents oftentimes do see the difference in their thinking, their actions, their perspectives that makes them appreciate that journey for them more. But during that that journey of just making the decision to even take that trip and allow themselves to travel, and this is so much more than just solo traveling, right? Really what you did was you chose to bet on yourself and have faith in a decision that you wanted to make. And despite what anyone told you, including your parents, you stuck to your guns and you did it. And uh, I'm glad that what it's been, what, four or five years since that the start of that journey? Yeah, it's about seven years now. Oh, wow. So seven years later, and (laughs) the journey has only continued. So that is awesome. All right. So tell me, tell me more about that time in Spain. First of all, the family you found, was that through school? Like, how did you find that family? I had found that family actually through a website um, that my friend had told me about. So my best friend was probably my biggest inspiration in going to go be an au pair because she had done it for a year. She was doing it that year. She had taken a gap year and there's a website called au pairworld.net and there's a whole like 
industry of au pairs and I had found this free website and I basically was like it was like online dating for a family so I did (laughs) not find it through school and my parents were definitely not happy that I just found a family on the internet (laughs) yeah that's uh that's wild but I'm assuming they do background checks and all that good stuff yes at least I hope Um, so, I mean, I'm not endorsing this by any means, but for my listeners, there are opportunities, uh, especially after obviously, uh, it becomes more feasible to travel, but that's a neat story. Um, because I do think one of the, you know, one of the concerns, I think people who are interested in solo traveling, but want to be more cautious about it and have that quote unquote safety net that you mentioned, um, are opportunities like this, you know, a guaranteed job or, you know, like a community that they can travel alongside with. So they're not really alone, even though technically they're solo traveling. Um, So that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And then you had mentioned about that you also paid for this yourself. Uh, And that's the second concern I hear from people is I just can't afford to travel. So uh, tell me about how you afforded your travel. Did you, you know, did you grow up privileged? Um, it, It was clear that your parents weren't funding your travel. So tell me a little bit more about that. Okay. Well, I definitely don't come from a rich family. I will say that I'm very fortunate for everything my parents have given me, and they did not pay for my travels. They did pay for like um, things like here and there that I'm really grateful for that would have like helped me in affording my own travels, like phone bills and things like that. But I am probably what you call a workaholic. I got my first job at 14 when it was like when you're allowed to. And I've been working since then at um, multiple places, but the most constant one was um, this gift shop that I stayed for like for eight years. Um, and I just saved all my money because there was nothing to do in upstate New York. And yeah, it just came at a great time. So when I wanted to go, I had a good savings. Um, and that's kind of been how it is like for me up until now. Like I had been paying for everything myself, working God knows how many different jobs. I've had probably over 20 jobs and it has come really handy because it all worked out and allowed me to do what I love. That's awesome. And I I know, uh, you know, before this, our only conversation has been through like email and Instagram DMs (laughs) and LinkedIn messages. Uh, But in one of your Instagram posts, I also saw that you know, you also hacked the jobs you had in a way. Um, you really identified where you could, it was more bang for your buck, uh, where you could spend less hours, but have more, you know, larger hourly rate and things like that. So uh, it's awesome. I think that's definitely a great motivation to figure out how you can do things that you love um, and how you can pay for those things. I don't think there's a better motivation than that when it comes to making money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so tell me, so you said, I I went to Spain and when I came back, my parents saw the change in me. So talk to us about that first summer. Um, What were the big experiences? Oh, wow. I feel like there's just so many and it just makes me so happy to talk about because I can still feel like that whole trip right now and like how it's like changed me even till now. Like, for one, I would not even be on this podcast right now if I hadn't gone to Spain. Um, I wouldn't even be talking to you right now. I wouldn't even have connected with you through the various ways that we have met. Um, so that's for one. But I think, so before I went to Spain, I grew up in a very small like su- suburb in upstate New York. I was very quiet and soft-spoken. I was just going on the path that my parents wanted for me. Um, and I didn't know any better. There weren't really any aspirations of myself. Like I didn't want anything for myself. I had like no, I guess, goals or dreams. It was just to like get a job, have a family and like do what my parents said. And I thought that was really it. But all throughout that first year, I was doing what they wanted. I was studying um, pharmacy and I just still didn't feel happy. I was off to college. I fought to go away to school, which was something my parents didn't really want me to do. They wanted me to stay home. And I was really happy that I had the opportunity to go away, but then I didn't feel happy. So I guess I was just struggling internally. Like I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. Everyone else at school, like 
were really passionate about what they were studying, were really involved in like organizations and sports and like were just so like gung-ho about like their future and I just wasn't. And so when I went to Spain, um, I had gone because I had an underlying love for like different cultures and languages. And I told my parents that the reason I was going was to learn Spanish. Um, And I did do that. So for one, I learned a whole another language that I was really pretty good at like talking in Spanish and like listening to people in Spanish and just having conversations. Obviously, my Spanish isn't as good right now, but um, that was one thing. I came back with a new skill set, but also going to another country at the age of 18 all by yourself and kind of having free reign, like your parents aren't there to tell you what to do. Like there's no one there. Um, I learned how to trust my guts. Like I said, I literally went into a family's home that I had no idea who they were, um, had never met them. I trusted my guts to go, um, stay with them. I took care of three children under the age of six who didn't speak the same language I did. So I had to speak to them in English. And my main purpose was trying to teach them English while being like a babysitter slash like like an older sister. Um, so I was put in a weird situation. The family did not cook. They did not really treat me all that well. They ate like pork and things I didn't eat. So it was like a whole like learning experience of how to um, put myself out there, how to like understand a different culture, um, speaking up for myself, navigating myself in a country that doesn't speak the language I know. Um, I also met like so many friends like I had to put myself out there I had to go on Facebook and like find other au pairs and like go meet up with strangers like we would always meet at this McDonald's that um like a big McDonald's that had wi-fi because I didn't even have cell service there I refused to buy like a new sim card because I didn't want it to take away from my experience where like where I had to force myself to ask someone like how do I get here like if I could just easily google it I don't think my experience had would have been the same. So I would like meet up with these people I'd never met. I would talk to strangers. Um, I really had to put myself out there. And for someone who was so shy and like introverted, that was so difficult. That is so cool. I So I really want to call out something that you mentioned uh, and I really want to highlight it. The fact that you forced yourself to not buy a new sim because you knew you wouldn't step outside your comfort zone as much. I mean, you already were, but you would limit yourself if you had that convenience. And I think that is, um, you know, like a self-forcing function um, that I think a lot of people underestimate or or we're just not aware of. I don't think it's about us underestimating, but we're just not aware of, uh, you know, putting those um, requirements on ourselves, but in a good way of just like, allowing ourselves to explore and be uncomfortable and, and test ourselves and test our reactions. And I think a lot of people surprise themselves by how much they're able to actually do in those situations. Um, And I'm sure you've surprised yourself too. I would love to know, you know, during that first experience, what were some things that really surprised you about you? Uh, Yeah. I mean, that fact in itself surprises a lot of people. Um, going back now, I'm pretty like amazed that I even did that. Or sometimes I wonder if it's because I didn't know how to get a different Sam, but, (laughs) (laughs) but no, I, um, I think I'm surprised on how, like I mentioned, the experience was a little bit rough in the terms of like the family wasn't so great and the situation wasn't really what I had like signed up for. Um, I think what really surprises me is that I had bought a one-way ticket and I like stuck it out for like three months pretty much the whole time until like it was time to go back to college again and there were definitely moments where I was like what am I doing here and like I'm staying with a family that I don't think is really treating me like all that great and like I'm not really making any money and like what am I learning here and I think the whole like mentality thing kind of really came to play like Why am I not doing an internship? Why am I not working? Like, I am a true workaholic. So to be, like, taking care of kids in another country and not, like, per se, doing the norm 
kind of really surprises me because I've always been the girl who follows the rules and like I think that's probably the biggest thing and once like I kind of broke that barrier everything else just kind of came out I was able to like just like really enjoy the experience and like try everything like not getting my phone um like changing the sim I think my favorite memory about that whole situation was I really learned to trust I guess strangers but I made this friend um off the au pair group and she also did not change her sim and we like I said we always met at this McDonald's and I had taken the wrong bus and then the wrong train and I had no idea where I was and I was supposed to meet my friend like in an hour's time and I had gotten so lost and we I got to the McDonald's like three hours after the meeting time and she was still there she was still there and I think that's like it like trying these things that I normally wouldn't have kind of were all working out so it just made me like want to go about the way I was doing it which was like not how I'd normally go about it at home that's so. beautiful I'm, I'm glad she was still there that's super encouraging <laughs> yes. um, yeah I think and I think there's another incredible point you made that I totally resonate with is once you break that barrier for yourself and you cross that boundary for yourself you realize oh if I did it once I can do it again exactly. and, so and your confidence builds and you know experience builds that confidence so very happy to hear that, Nabila. Um, okay, so you're back in the States and you're back in college. Uh, but obviously you then, you know, now have traveled over 30 countries. So uh, tell us more about how you keep, once you come back, it, it, by the way, what, coming back to America, coming back to college, does your vision for yourself change at all? Um, do you realize the dreams you maybe had before are not dreams you have after this travel experience? Yes, so much so. Um, I guess so when I came back the first time, I noticed a new level of confidence that I'd never had. So for example, like this is something like so menial, but to me, like it was really major at that point. Like when I got back from school or from that trip, I had applied to be an RA and like I was not really in a position to be like a leader or to like kind of looking after like other students at school or like communicating even with that many students. And I had applied for it and I had gotten the job and like at first I wasn't going to take it, but then I felt so like liberated and so like able to talk to so many different people after that trip. That's just an example. I took that job and I would probably have never taken that job. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Before that trip, I probably. I wanted to live in New York City because I was so gung-ho about like the hustle and living in the city because I don't know, New York City just really gives me that feel like that's where you go for your work dreams. And here I am sitting in Los Angeles, which is was never really part of the plan. What really influenced you to not want to be a part of New York City? Like what was that experience that influenced that change in mindset? So I guess after being to 30 different countries and most of my travels have been like extended travel. So for like two to three months and it's always like me backpacking. So I'm always staying in like hostels where I'm meeting other people. And I have met the most incredible people who have from like doctors to like engineers to people in the entertainment lawyers who have all left like at one point either quit their job to travel and the way these backpackers and travelers carry themselves is with so much like life. Like we never really talk about like work. I feel like if you're in the U.S. or like in your day to day life, like if you meet someone, the first thing you ask is like, hey, what's your name? And like, what do you do? But like when you're traveling, you never ask what the person does. Like the first thing is like, oh, like where are you coming from? Like what country have you been to? And like, what are you doing here? And like, where are you like, what are you doing tomorrow? Like, where are you going? And I think I just learned that like work wasn't as important. And once I started talking to these people, I found talking about like where they had been, their unique like life stories, travel stories of like this person going to Antarctica or this person like doing this or going on safari in Africa is way more interesting. And it seems like when you meet people from outside of the U.S., 
they definitely seem to have more of a work-life balance and really appreciate the part where they can go enjoy their life. And it's, it's pretty much a known fact that like people in the States don't get enough time off. And like people in Europe have so much more time off. Like I think Sweden's got like six weeks and like some countries are even adopting like a four day work schedule and just meeting so many people over and over again who talk about like their travels and their life and what they've learned and it doesn't have any relation to their work has just really impacted me like yeah like sure I want to do great in my career but I also want to see like every country possible and like I want to go to like all seven continents to me that sounds more important and like more exciting almost like life is so short and I think if anything, I think a lot of us have felt that over this like hard time, like we are restricted to going anywhere. And like, for me, I feel so grateful that I've already been to so many places because now like no one can go anywhere really. So I think there's been like a lot of different situations that I've kind of led up to like, yeah, your career will be there or not because so many people have also lost their jobs. Like, like if I lost my job today, like I would still be able to say like I've had all these great experiences and those like have stayed with me forever. Like I've already said about Spain, like I can still feel the effects of what happened in Spain and the benefits to this day. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And I think it's such an important reminder, definitely being able to explore and the people I've met and the lessons I've learned through those experiences abroad and just mixing with cultures those have inspired so much of what I do now. Um, and you know, so many of my actions and and my mindset and how I think about different things. So I absolutely agree with that, especially with, you know, the hard time we're going right now. Those are the things that keep us encouraged and grateful. Um, I'm very happy to hear that. Now, a lot of what you mentioned as far as you know, meeting people outside of America and recognizing and understanding the values they have and how they see work and how they see life, you know, a lot of that is opposite to what we grew up in when it comes to the South Asian culture, right? I mean, America definitely, uh, but then also being South Asian, uh, I, I'm not going to speak for you, but I have a feeling we probably came from similar experiences. You know, sense of stability was really important uh, in the way I grew up and having a job and, you know, doing our best and keeping our head down and, and that obedience and that, you know, work ethic. But when I say work ethic, really the definition growing up was, you know, work really hard, don't say anything, keep your head down, do what you're asked to do, uh, make your money succeed, and then you know, then do what you want after that. Um, So as you're going on these journeys, and I'm sure, you know, as you come back, you're sharing your learnings with your, with your community and your friends and your family. uh, What are you noticing? Uh, Do you feel like people you're talking to when you come back are resonating with what you have to share? Do you feel like they're um, just, how are they reacting? What have you noticed? So, I mean, okay, so we definitely have like the similar background and I totally understand what you're saying. So I guess we have very similar upbringings. But um, my closest friends and family, I would say probably haven't really understood the way I've wanted to live my life. But I think I've created and fostered like an online community where I see other people doing what I want to be doing and they also understand me. So that has been super helpful to be connected with people who are very like-minded. But when it comes to like the South Asian community, I really like revel in the fact like whenever I meet someone who has even solo traveled or done something out of the ordinary that their parents or family wouldn't approve of. But it, I see that a lot of people reach out to me because it is something so difficult for a lot of people to do. Um, I think there's a lot more people out there going about it, but I feel like people are still really, really hesitant and they just have a hold on themselves. And I still feel like I second guess myself and don't make all the decisions I would want to without thinking about what the South Asian community would say. So it's really difficult because I've always wanted to actually quit my job and go travel for a year. And I haven't been able to do that because the whole talk about stability. Um, 
yeah, most people don't find it something that they can do. But even like what I want to do is to help a woman from the South Asian community just to go on one trip by themselves or do something that they have not done because of what others might think. It doesn't even have to be like repeatedly, but I'm all about being the inspiration and the motivator to like go do, just make that one change. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like we talked about, once you break that barrier, it gets easier over time, but it's really difficult to just make that one change, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, I I agree. As you've been traveling, Nabila, what have you noticed about the type of people you meet? Um, what what backgrounds or races do you see more of? Um, do you see more men than women? Do you see you know? I, I, do you see a lot of South Asian women as you're traveling? Um, what are some things you've experienced? Huh. Um, I honestly don't think I've met another South Asian traveler. I'm like, that's a female on my travels. Like I'm really trying to think right now and no one comes to mind. I've only met them like virtually online, like not on the same trip, but I've never met someone who was a South from the South Asian community. Um, that was a female traveling. I have definitely met some guys from um, like India and other countries that were South Asian, but very few, like I would say probably less than five. Mostly I see groups of Europeans and Australians, mostly Australians. I feel like the Australians travel so, so much. Um, I'm in groups mostly, but I've met a lot of solo travelers, but not that many in the South Asian community. Interesting. So as a South Asian solo traveler, um, how do people react to you? Do they react in any specific way? Um, Curious to hear your experience there. Yeah, I mean, most, yeah, I get a lot of comments and DMs all the time on Instagram, like, how do you do it? Um, Mostly questions like, how did you get your parents to do it? Like, are you married? Like, are you sure? Like, you're going alone? Like, like my parents would never let me do that unless I'm married. Um, I get a lot of comments about that. And um, I try to be really open about it because it wasn't something my parents had ever really been open about or supportive. It was something I really did take the leap on. Um, people are always really inquisitive and like trying to get like advice. Like, so I really appreciate that. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, um, I remember when, so my, my solo traveling experience at 19, which was my first one, I, I guess it actually wasn't intentionally solo traveling. So I, I definitely had, um, I guess for lack of better words, a crutch uh, to propel me into the solo experience. I went on spring break with three of my girlfriends and, um, and we went to Mexico and we, so I got there, but then I realized a lot of what I wanted to do was different than what my girlfriends wanted to do activities wise. So I ended up, I guess, kind of solo traveling in the sense that I spent that entire week just doing everything by myself. Um, I think there was like one activity we all three or all four of us did together um, in that entire week. Um, But everything else I kind of just like did by myself. And I remember I went to, I like got my backpack. I got on this bus. I went to this like We went to Tulum. The bus took me to Tulum. It was like a three-hour bus ride. And I remember I was just like on this bus with all these people that were coupled up or were a group of friends and I was the only one. And this like mom and her three daughters that were traveling together, and I think they were from uh, Canada, they ended up just like adopting me and spending the whole day with me. But they were so shocked that they were like, well, you might, you must just be from here that you're so comfortable doing this by yourself. And when I told them that, no, I barely speak Spanish. I'm definitely not uh, from here. They felt like they had to adopt me for my safety. Like it was so foreign to them to see a woman um, from a different culture traveling by herself. And they were wonderful and I had such a good time, but I definitely have seen really interesting reactions on my solo trips uh, less about my culture, but more about me being a woman traveling alone. Um, ha- any, like, have you had those experiences, you know, culture aside, just being a woman that's solo traveling, like what, 
you know, what hesitations have people shared with you? What uh, experiences have you had on those on those journeys? Yeah, I've had plenty of those experiences. Um, actually, when I went to Africa in 20, um, when I traveled throughout the continent of Africa in 2018, um, I was there in Zimbabwe. And I had, I was spending five weeks there for my clinical rotations. Yeah. I had this family who was um, Indian Muslim, and they were born and raised in Zimbabwe. And it was a weird story. But basically, I said I was going to Zimbabwe. And um, this girl reached out to me and she was Zimbabwean and she was like, oh, I'm Zimbabwe. My family lives there. Like they would love to like take care of you. And like, if you need anything, let me know. And like, I was like, oh, that's so nice. Like, thank you so much. And then once I got there, I didn't really reach out to them because like I was kind of doing my own thing and like I didn't really need anything. And like, I don't know, it just felt like a little too forward for me to reach out to. But she basically like took the liberty to do it anyways and like the family reached out to me and they like took care of me so well like kind of like what you're saying like they literally adopted me like I went to their house I like slept over there they took me on multiple trips they invited their whole entire family and like I had chai with them and like cake with them on a Sunday night and like they would oh, one time I was like at my apartment and the electricity went out and there was like protests there. And so they came over and like picked me up and they're like, you're going to come to our house. Like they were so nice to me. They literally adopted me and kind of changed the whole trip. And that's just like one of the stories. I remember when I was also in Zimbabwe, also the people of Zimbabwe are so nice. They're just so hospitable. There was a Zambian lady who lived there and I was at a manufacturing plant for like pharmaceuticals. And I would take a taxi to get there. And she would just take me home. And she was like, no, you don't need to take a taxi. Like, I'll take you home. Like, you can catch a ride with me. And then one day she invited me over to her house and taught me how to make, like, local traditional food. And she was like, if you're ever scared or if you, like, want to stay with me and, like, don't want to be alone, like, come stay with me. Like, things like that have happened to me so many times. And those stories often make what make my trip so like amazing because I wouldn't probably have like those kinds of like interactions if I was with a group, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you attract a completely different set of interactions by frankly taking a chance on yourself and putting yourself out there and being open to experience. The experience will come find you is my belief. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, now, unfortunately, all the experiences that then combined you aren't always positive. So, you know, taking a little shift for a minute, um, what are some experiences that you have had that have made you really uncomfortable in not the best way? Um, you know, is there anything you want to share there? Yeah, so I think in the same way that we're talking about the positives of being a solo traveler, there definitely has been some downfalls. Um none of which would ever stop me from doing it, but it just always makes you like think differently and like figure out how to like assess the situation. So a lot of it has to do with race sometimes. Um, I remember when I was in Italy for three months, there would, I'd always receive some sort of backlash like, oh, what are you doing here? Um, just things like that. Um, but also people taking advantage of you or catcalling. Um, those are always very uncomfortable situations and can happen even in your home like city or like in your country. But they just kind of make you a little bit more nervous when you're not really in like a comfortable zone or if you don't really speak the language or if you don't really know where you are. Um, other things I think is like getting transportation at night. So I think the one time I was really scared um, when I was in Tanzania and I just like met up with people at a hostel and they were talking about how they got like robbed in an alleyway, like when they took like an official taxi. And I was like headed back to a major city where they were telling me the story had happened. And there, nothing works on time. So I'd taken an early bus ride in the morning to avoid getting in anywhere at night, which I highly re like, recommend as like a major tip, like don't travel at night. Um, but the bus had gotten delayed by like six hours. So I'd gotten in way later than I had hoped. And I actually like, this was one time that I bought a SIM card. I bought it during one of um, the bathroom breaks and bought a SIM card just to like, in case anything happened when I got in late, like if I had to call a taxi or police or anything, I would have that. 
And when I got there, I tried to get an Uber. It was like midnight. I figured Uber was more safer because you can actually see where you're going. And um, so I'd gotten an Uber, but they were all canceling on me over and over again. And I was getting really nervous because like everyone from the bus were like catching their rides and leaving. And now it was getting dark and like no one was around. And there was this guy who was sitting next to me the whole way um, there and we had talked and like at first I didn't know if I could trust him if he was like figured out that I was like from a different country or like I don't know I didn't really know if he was someone I'd want to like help me out and I had asked him if he would get in a taxi with me to go to my location just in case if the taxi wanted to like take me somewhere I wasn't supposed to go or like wasn't to be trusted and then I told him I would pay for his taxi fare home and then like also give him like money for like coming with me and I had gotten really nervous because I couldn't recognize where we were going I had been to this place before and like the path was really different and then they started speaking in like the local language instead of in English and so I had gotten really really nervous and that whole way there I was so tense and luckily I'd gotten where I wanted to be like safe and sound and the taxi driver and the gentleman who helped me were like both total gems and I was really grateful for that moment because I felt so much more comfortable having someone I'd at least talked to throughout the bus ride and who like cared why I was like nervous. Um, so that's just like one story that really like rocked me during that time. And I don't know if it was mostly because of other people's experiences, but there's definitely been moments where I've been scared about like getting robbed or like um, just like even like taken, I guess, um, like based on the movies and what everyone tells you. But most of my experiences have been pretty, like, knock on wood. Like, I haven't had anything traumatic happen to me except for my phone being stolen. And I lost all my photos, which was pretty sad at the time. <laughs> yeah, but definitely, yeah. I mean, there. Well, thank you for sharing that story. I think um, one thing that also I want to talk about is just being able to ask for help. I think, you know, I, so I, I, you know, I help people with careers and, you know, building lives that are meaningful. And one of the biggest things we come across is how fearful people are of asking for help from those around them, from those that care about them. But just this like, you know, action of asking someone for help and being okay with that vulnerability, it's a skill that a lot of people lack and really struggle with. And in your situation, I mean, you know, you obviously were in a situation where you didn't seem to have that many choices. You needed to ask for help. Um, so tell me a little bit more about, you know, like that uh, skill set. Uh, were you always good uh, about asking for help? Is that something that came naturally to you? Or is that something you built over time? No, it definitely came over time. I'm pretty stubborn and like to be like the whole like independent thing, like I can do it, like I don't need help. But I guess over time, like during like my travels, I guess not having a SIM card really meant that I had to like go out there and ask for help. Um, and it's definitely something I've gotten really good at. And just kind of, like I said, trusting your instincts with that, like knowing like when, when to ask for help or when it's okay to proceed like by yourself or do something yourself. It happens over time, I think. Um, but I'm really happy that that's a skill I've gotten because it really applies to everything in life. Like you should be able to ask for help or delegate. Like it shouldn't all fall on you. Um, totally. So. Totally. And speaking of, you know, obviously the reason why I wanted to talk about your story is again, it's so much more than just traveling and traveling in itself, the experience, the exposure, the, the awareness that it brings to you is huge. All of that, however, translates to how you go about life and how you build life. So I'm a huge advocate for traveling. And I often talk to people who, again, you know, feel like traveling is for people who have money and I always fight against that. Um, but all that aside, you know, what skills, we've talked about this briefly kind of throughout our episode, but what are some core skills or, you know, mindset shifts that you've really developed? Um that you owe to traveling, um, that you believe you would not have if you hadn't started this travel journey for yourself? For one, decision-making. Um, I am probably the most indecisive human being ever. Um, <laughs> my friends tell me that all the time, and they really are shocked that I'm able to even go to another country and like make these decisions for myself because I can't even decide what I want to have to for dinner. 
Um, so that was probably like a really big one because sometimes decisions are very time sensitive and you need to like make one and execute it right, right away. And that is something that I've learned to do. And because of that, I think a newfound level of confidence. Um, now when I make a decision, I don't like falter and hesitate. Like, did I make the right one? Like I made the decision, I'm going to go with it. And that's something I'm going to keep moving forward with and I'm not going to look back. Um, and I guess with that, you get a new mindset. Um, so for me, I'm, unfortunately, I've always been a very negative person. And this is something I have been wanting to change about myself. And when I'm traveling, I think every opportunity, even if it is a negative one, turns out to be a very positive um opportunity because I either learn something or um I just shift how I'm thinking because if you're alone like you can't there's no time to be negative like you need to like keep your calm and keep your cool and find a way to like get through the situation so I've really been able to like make the most of things that I probably wouldn't have been able to do before like for example moving to LA that was not really part of the plan but I did that all by myself and once I got here um, I had a housing situation lined up that I thought I was being responsible. I thought I was taking care of things. I figured all it out before I got here. Once I got here, that housing situation was not what I expected and therefore I couldn't live there. And I was like homeless for a week. Um, and I really thought I had to live in my car and I put myself out there in a really weird place, but the story like makes me laugh so hard. Um, I actually met a South Asian traveler like on Facebook and I had posted that I was in LA and I moved here and she was like we should meet up for coffee and I was like yeah I would love that like once I figure out where I'm going to like sleep tonight and she was like oh my god like you have to like come stay with me like like I don't want you to sleep in your car and if you can't afford a hotel for like seven days like come stay with me and that's like one thing like like I said asking for help um is something I've learned trusting people but then afterwards, once I stayed with her, I went to go look at a listing and the listing was like atrocious. And I was like, I can't like live here. So I went to a coffee shop and the guy was super nice. So like I used it as an opportunity to randomly ask him if he knew if someone was subletting an apartment. And he literally was like, oh my God, that's the weirdest question ever. But yes. And I signed for like an apartment that day with the person he hooked me up with. And it's moments like those, like, I don't think I could have, like, survived, like, a week knowing that, like, I didn't have a housing, like, place to live. Like, I probably, before travel, like, would have, like, moved home and called my parents. I'm like, yep, no, LA is not for me. I'm coming home. Like, I don't have somewhere to sleep. But instead, I was able to ask for help in, like, a very weird situation, but make it work out for the best. So is really being able to put myself out there and ask for help are skills that I've learned. Um, yeah, I mean, the overall self-reliance and independence, it seems like, that you've been able to develop is profound. And, you know, speaking of our current crisis, a lot of, you know, I mean, traveling is traveling is separate, but a lot of the, you know, students I work with and parents I talk to, everyone's kind of freaked out about uh, the fall and whether kids are going to go back to campuses and a lot of colleges have already decided that they're going fully virtual and, you know, others are still deciding and others have said, well, it'll be blended, but there's a lot of this like ambiguity unknown and something I'm always advocating for is, well, have your kids take a gap year, like support your kids in taking a gap year if they're in college right now or between high school and college, or, you know, frankly, I mean, gap years can happen at any point in your life. It can happen you know, when you're currently in a career, if your lifestyle allows that type of flexibility. Um, but I always advocate for that. And one of the things I hear is, well, I don't want my kid wasting his or her time uh, taking this gap year. I don't want them to fall behind. And I always say, wow, I really wish you would talk to people that have traveled and have, that have lived those experiences because the first thing they'll tell you is the amount of skills and awareness and mindset expansions that they've experienced from those travels have truly, uh, they're priceless. I mean, they are things that you could not 
you are more likely to not develop during a year of college. Uh, and those are frankly the skills that a lot of adults even struggle with because they never get the opportunity to develop them uh, just because of, again, you know, how our schools are structured and what we emphasize as far as what we should learn. So I love to hear that. And I'm so glad you've been able to have those experiences. Um, and I will say, you know, travel aside, people can get those experiences from just similar to Nabila, you, you know, just being open to what's out there, um, asking for help, talking to more people. Uh, right now, if obviously traveling abroad may not be the most feasible or the best decision, you can do it within your own community, but it starts with opening yourself up to a completely new experience and looking at the norm and saying, you know what, this doesn't really work for me, or I don't necessarily see if I can develop the skills that I want to develop through this experience and being open to a completely different set of experiences. Yeah, I love that. I'm happy that you said that it doesn't really rely just on travel because I definitely don't think that you need to travel to have some of these experiences. It's definitely about being open and doing something you normally wouldn't. Like just just for me, like travel was that experience for me. Like I wouldn't have been able to figure those out otherwise, but you can definitely find it doing something out of the ordinary just in your hometown. Absolutely. Well, Nabila, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Um, for our listeners who want to follow along and, you know, uh, see what other places you travel to in the future, how can they follow along on your journey? Yeah, absolutely. So probably the best place is on Instagram at Dose of Travel. That's where I share like most of my stories um, and like photos and things like that and tips. But I also actually also just started my own podcast. Um, it's called Dose of Travel. I haven't released any of them yet, but I'm working on that. So I'm super excited about that because that is something I never thought I would be doing. So definitely for now, Dose of Travel on Insta and doseoftravel.co. Incredible. Cool. Well, I'm stoked to listen to your podcast once it's live. And I'm so happy you chose to, again, take a bet on yourself and move forward with your own podcast. Thank you, Shireen. I'm so happy to have connected with you and to be on your show. Super awesome.